0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This is a promo
1: for The Astrologic Explains, a podcast where I, Chris, a non-scientist, ask astronomy questions, and I, Alfredo, as The astroholic, try my best to answer them. So, Doctor, what are black holes? Why is Pluto not a planet? What's up with the sun's poles? Why does Jupiter want us dead? Is Betelgeuse going supernova? How is the universe going to end? Can we hitch a ride on an asteroid? Is there like- Chris, this is a 30 second promo.
2: You can find The Astroholic Explains on all your favorite apps or follow at The Astroholic on all social media.
1: Hello. First up, thank you to two new Patreon supporters, Andrew Phelan, who you wouldn't call the life and soul of the party because no one needs that kind of pressure, but his presence at a party never fails to improve the evening of the people around him. And the enigmatic Adam with no surname, who is the kind of person you couldn't help but get chatting to if you were stood next to them at the bar. You can join their ranks and get a compliment of your very own by supporting the show on Patreon. Go to patreon.com and search probably true. The last few episodes have been a bit heavy, so I thought it was time to go for something just thoroughly joyous and fun. So with that in mind, here's a chat I had on the importance of kindness with the delight that is my friend Michael... You could
2: probably just call me a low-level media whore.
1: Oh God, no. Absolutely not. I present to you an audience with his grace, the Grand Duchess of Brixton, Michael Hollick. You're listening to Probably True. Please be aware that this podcast may contain strong language and adult themes. It would be boring without them.
2: My castaway away this week. No, that's wrong. <laughs> so I'm, what, 50? How old am I? Oh, God. 56, nearly 56. And I've lived in London since I was in my mid-20s. And I grew up northwest of London and worked as a reporter, trained as a reporter on a local paper. And then six months after I joined that properly, it went out of business. So... Um, <laughs> Having sort of exhausted all the gay life that Northeast Essex had to offer,
1: quite literally um, exhausted. Quite
2: them. literally, it was it was <laughs> done. It was done. It was a desert by the time I. Finished. No, I mean the, you know there was one pub as far as I know, and it was in the middle of nowhere. It just became apparent, as I think it did to most men my age. You know, that if you wanted to have any sort of future as a gay man, any sort of life as a gay man, you were going to have to move to a city. London was the obvious answer, and also. As a journalist, that's where all the work was. I knew one person in London. I've got an outgoing personality. You have. I have, haven't I? I'm not backwards and coming forwards. You know, my mum would say, you know, you talk to anybody, but she used to read it as a criticism. And I thought, <laughs> well, you know, so what? You know, you, you're never going to be short of friends. It was all going on. You used to read about it in time out in the listings. One of the things that was listed was a Monday night group called Gay Young London, which shows you how long ago we're going back here because, you know, I had a 30-inch waist and cheekbones, and an open mind. Oh, those were the days. Yeah, Yes, we are going back, aren't we? So I screwed my courage to the sticking point and went along and uh, full ashtrays everywhere and a full tear and, and lots of people sort of standing <laughs> around, you know, lots of people standing around chatting. That's where I met the, the sort of core group of people, three or four people actually, who are still my friends today. That was My introduction to gay life in London, it was very much a social group. Obviously, there was a lot of people jumping into bed with one another, never been the most outgoing of people on on that sort of front. So someone drew up the ley lines. Right. I would imagine many of your listeners work in the airline business. Think of a route map, right? And, you know, there are about (laughs) about three people, say, who represented, I don't know, New York, JFK, Heathrow and Abu Dhabi. And And everyone had had a go. And everyone had had a go. Think of me as like
1: Anglesey. (laughs) and um, (laughs) So, yeah. Very nice this time of year.
2: It is apparently, you know. I think what was interesting was it was serving a purpose separate from the gay scene. We'd all moved to London so that we could live the fullest life possible. Mm -hmm. I'm proud, you know, you're not going to hide away. You know, I want to be me and I want you to leave me the fuck alone, basically. (laughs) Except, obviously, when you don't. So you've got this wonderful group of friends and and everything, but you've still got to find people to, uh, to date, I think is the euphemism, isn't it? My idea of fun was not going out, standing in bars or whatever. I was just not very good at it.
1: I'm sure you were just unapproachably attractive. You were I think transcendent. F-
2: I think the first half of that sentence is probably correct. <laughs> it's of like a face, like a slapped ass. Yeah, you know? don't you dare! <laughs> but I was so naive as well. I still am, really. You know, I just I didn't know when people were hitting on me until it was too late, and and whoops, there goes that opportunity. You do things as well, which in retrospect were really, really foolish. One night, I don't know where I'd been. I'd probably had a few beers or something. A gentleman caught my eye. Well, we caught each other's eye Oxford Circus Tube. This guy got on the tube. I think, I think he was discreet enough to get on at the other end of the carriage. So I thought, okay, you know, I, I, honestly, it sounds so naff, but I really just, I, I hadn't got a bloody clue, right? Gets off at Seven Sisters, and I'm thinking, okay, at this point, what, what are the odds? He's a local, maybe. He must be but local. Well, I was half right, as 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 it transpires, but he followed me at a discreet pace all the way home. Oh, and at, at this point, I'm sure people listening to this are probably going, "Oh my god, you know, run!" <laughs> uh, but you know, it was a week night. There was nothing on t- You know, it was. <laughs> So I sort of got home and just got indoors and shut the door and just thought, well, you know, that was a little bit unnerving.
1: Okay, so he, he it was a little bit worrying for you. you it was. I of, wasn't just me, sort of, chase oh me.
2: chase me, chase me. Well, I'm sure half of me was, and the most sort of more sensible part of me, because I'm eminently sensible, was probably thinking, oh Christ, you know, it's press day tomorrow. I've got to be up at eight <laughs> thirty, but. He rang the bloody doorbell, very bold. My flatmate's in bed and i was just thinking, oh Christ, you know, what am I going to do? So I opened the door. I think the first thing I said to him was, well, I take it not going to mug me because generally muggers don't carry the copy of The Guardian. (laughs) You know, um... And a conversation ensued. And I think, you know, poor love, you know, seeing me under the harsh bare light bulb lights, so probably thought, oh, crikey, this is a mistake, basically. Perhaps he had a press day the next day or Maybe. a deadline looming, anyway. And then he said, um, oh, I live over in Archway and um, there's no tubes. Now, any sensible person, right, would sort of say, well, get a cab, walk, um, you know, surely, surely yeah. there are buses linking Seven Sisters and Archway. Did I do any of these things? Did I, Buffalo? I've always had a good heart, Scott. It'll be the death of me. Always had a good heart. All the waves and strays. All the waves and strays. And of course, I've always kept a car. So what did I do? I drove him home. (laughs) Listeners. I think that was a lesson for me. That's that's been a pattern throughout my romantic life. Always doing the right thing.
1: <laughs> did you did you get to know him on the drive home?
2: In what sense get to well, know him, do you know. mean This is I'd, what i Unfortunately, no. Oh,
1: wasn't very chatty.
2: No, it was all very nice and very probably all very British as well. You know, sort of.
1: Yeah, I was half expecting you to um, have had a quick change and you'd open the door in some kind of. <laughs> skimpy nighty kind of hello big boy oh god
2: well this is the other thing about uh, about London in the early 80s because everybody smoked I mean you know and and like smoked like a bloody chimney so I'd have probably come to the door with my house coat <laughs> on like, airing curlers fag hanging out of my mouth you know what do what? you want what <laughs> um, you know can you imagine I can think of other occasions years later when something similar has happened I mean it's just why do I do these things <laughs> You're just a good person. Oh, a soft touch, maybe. I mean, he must have been quite attractive. If he had a face like a bucket full of spanners, you'd just just said N17, love that way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Bus stops at the end of the street. Yes. Yeah, sling
2: your hook. <laughs> you know. Good luck. <laughs> you know. Bloody hell. Um, you didn't see him again. You didn't. No, really? no. Oh. There's no, no. I'm afraid not. I was hoping I'm that was going to be a big not. romance. Years later, I did. I, I did. Um, do exactly the same thing well no actually I just think what the hell was I thinking there was a, a chap who, who sort of banged on the window of the car when I was driving back from from seeing friends in Brixton. I lived over in Wandsworth he's got banging on the window was he running very fast uh, no he wasn't but he was definitely very very drunk and was he in a car no. Just on the, well, so, so it was just on the road. The he just, I'd stopped at the oh, lights. Right, yeah, see, and this I'm poor fellow, you. yeah, and and, and just bang on the And of course, you know, me being me again, you know, it's like, why did I, you know, I could have run a bloody taxi service,
1: really. <laughs> so you banged on the window, because
2: he, so, he was roaring drunk. And of course, me being me, rather than just, you know, f- eyes fixed ahead, you know, and just keep ping driving, I was like five minutes away from my front door at this point. And it's a fucking weeknight as well, you know, again. <sighs> Anyway, so I wind the window down, and, you know, it's just like, oh, hello. Um, <laughs> he was very drunk, and he, he was sort of slurring his speech, but, you know, he was a nice-looking young man, and I, what can I say? What are you going to do? Okay, it's not the Bronx, but it's Battersea Rise, you know, in the dead at night. What are you going to You've got to do the right thing, really, I probably would like, do the same yeah, thing. Get yeah, get in, love. Go on, then. Where do you live? Richmond. Which is what a forty-five-minute drive, something like that. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's about forty minutes. I think it's you know it's it's a not inconsiderable drive.
1: And then you've got to come back again if you were five and minutes. And then you've from got to. Door. And then
2: you've got to come back again. But I don't to, think uh,
1: to just be like you can sleep on my you can sober up on my sofa and find your own way home. in The thing
2: morning. is, I was I'd got the single bed, so no room for a cuddle, no room for anything really. So that wasn't going to happen. But I drove this fella back and. Um, we got stopped by the. You can make a shout could you? We got stopped by the police on the way, and I just, oh my, what does this look like? He was drunk and insensible, Your Honour, and I was just like, where are you going? It's just like, I'm sorry, officer, I've got a bloody clue. Perhaps you can try asking this fella, <laughs> who's passed out on the seat beside me. This doesn't look good, does it? I mean, <sighs> crikey, nothing to see here, officer. No. <laughs> by this stage, I think it was well gone midnight, and again, you've got to go to work the next day. So he said, would you like a cup of tea? And I just thought, well, what would the Queen Mother do? You can't say no, can She'd you? have a drum with
1: the Queen she Mother. She probably
2: would. But I was driving. Oh, school. you were. She, she never drove, did she? She no, had people for that. No, no, she had people for that. And he started talking about his girlfriend. And I said, what am I, your therapist? Hmm. You know, anyway. I used the bathroom and there was evidence of a girlfriend, let's say. You know, right. definitely lady, lady, thing. lady things, lady only products. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyway, I come out of the bathroom and he's got his trousers around his ankles. And again, I just thought, oh, crikey, should I just leave now? Should I just should I just go? I think, you know, following the Tottenham debacle, this was a few years later. I, th- I think I'd sort of, I'd learnt my lesson. I didn't go into work the next day. Oh. I am still ashamed of this. Oh. This is the Protestant work ethic writ large, right, because I'm still ashamed of this, that I, I had to actually ring up. No mobile phones or anything, so I actually had to get on the bloody phone and lie. It's not like today where you just send an email, wouldn't you? Sort of, oh, God, dreadful dreadful cold.
1: I suppose if you've actually got to ring them, you've got to find a moment when you've got nothing in your mouth. As well, well,
2: it, <laughs> well yes.
1: Well, it sounds like you had a lovely time.
2: It was worth the petrol. Oh, it no. was. Did
1: fun. you ever find out why your car? I mean, I'm sure you're very handsome. No, I, I think it really was just things happen to one. Sound like Lady Glen Connor,
2: don't <laughs> I? Of course, things happen to one. They just do, I suppose. If you sort of, if you're... A bit of an idiot really <laughs> just wandering around I still think even in in the sort of internet age where we're all so angry and you just sort of I think I said to you on the phone you know you sort of switch on Twitter and it's just like you know your, your early morning Twitter alerts it's just like everybody in the world is angry about something and they're all shouting at you but that's not my experience the world at all and I you know I, I don't it's just not in my nature obviously there is anger there, (laughs) but my actual experience of the world day to day is that it's it's kind of nice people are generally pretty neat and generally they've got your best interests at heart am i being a bit too generous more or less I don't know I mean it's your experience I'm not uh, for one moment suggesting that you should all go out start your own taxi service or indeed have a car in central London because it's really no longer worth it
0: imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time
2: Well, these were sort of accidents, weren't they? Serendipitous happenstances. Serendipitous happenstances. So what happens, I wonder, you know, when you spot someone, let's use a for instance, what if you spotted someone you really kind of fancied, say, at the Henry Wood Promenade concerts, some years after 1988, Mm -hmm. and you thought, well, that's a bit of all right. It's not like now when you just sort of stalk them on Grindr or whatever. And, I don't
1: think it's actually stalking if they're on Grindr. If they're on Grindr. No, that's true, of...
2: actually. Well, confirm your suspicions mm. then. Yeah, that's the point, actually. But, yeah. yeah, you stalking is the wrong word, isn't it?
1: I, yeah. I mean, you, there are ways you could stalk them on Twitter or Instagram or something like that, but that's a bit a bit creepy. Whereas if that they're on Grindr, they're creepy. kind of saying, They're,
2: they're hello. saying hello, aren't they? Yes. So, yeah, but, you know, we didn't have that option. So, you know... Even if they did, I don't know, you know, even if even if Granger had been around, I'm not sure I would have quite had the front. Oh, I'll oh, sod it. Of course I would. You know, I'd have had, the, of course, you'd have had the front to sort of go and say, you know, oh, hello. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there was this chap who used to obviously also had a season ticket we were upstairs in the gallery at the albert hall which is big open area all the unfriendly people promenade downstairs the ones you see on the telly the crazies waving their batons that's not a euphemism and uh shoving people out of the way because they dared to stand in their spot or whatever this is my spot and it was my father's before me Um. and you can just sling your up you know upstairs was a lot but oh it's i don't want people get the wrong idea of the proms it's 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 a wonderful institution but it, <laughs> uh, it it attracts different kinds of people but yeah so there was this chap upstairs at the proms who uh, who I, who caught my eye shall we say It took a few weeks for me to sort of pluck up the courage because gaydar doesn't always work. Someone who very neatly unfolds a little blanket and sits on it and gets their packed lunch out and what have you. I mean, it's, you know, bless, exactly. Lovely neat haircut, lovely fresh face, you know. It's just like, but that that could be ex-armed forces. One just wasn't to know. But Eventually, yeah, you know, I, pl- I plucked up the courage to speak to him and uh, we dated for a while and, uh, and we're still friends, That's which is nice. lovely.
1: Good, so you did know. you share his packed lunch?
2: Um, not that I remember, not no. at that, not on that occasion, um, oh. but you know, but what it, a
1: lovely way to meet someone!
2: It was this is the other thing, isn't it? The sort of the old fashioned way of uh, again, sort of serendipity, I suppose.
1: The young man that you that you drove home and then obviously caught something from him and had to had to take the day off. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> did you ever see him again?
2: No, oh, no, no. Just that. When I'd sort of settled down in South London and my friendship group had established itself, we were all now properly established as young gallabouts in London, you know, gay young men in London. And it was, it was great. So everyone was going out, meeting people. But we had a fantastic social life. My friends started not pairing off, but, you know, a lot of them met people who would be their life partners me oh god you know i just always the bridesmaid Uh scott always the bridesmaid it did seem to be that while everybody else was happily making house and settling down i just oh god i mean i just couldn't just picky. That's what it is, love. Picky, you picky You've just not found the right man. Exactly. Well, maybe you have now. I mean, well, seven you know, years seven is years is a is a long time. You know, God help me if he gets the sight back in one eye. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, but it was that I yeah I I date someone for a, a few weeks or maybe a few months. I think was the longest, and then you know it would just fizzle out. None of these people were bad people. And a lot of them, or several of them, I'm still in touch with, and some of them went on to become very good friends. Mm. This is all too nice, isn't it? It's all too... No, I mean this is positive stuff, and I think it's it's important. It was always a sort of a sort of more of a sigh than a sort of big Enders style rare. You know? <laughs> no,
1: no throwing of plates. No throwing game. of oh.
2: plates. You know, no slamming doors. No, you know, no. I've done very few things in my life I regret, but meeting you is one of them. You should, you you know, you can always hold that one. Hold that one in reserve is my advice. You know, that's that's the nuclear option because there is no going back from that. Um, And I don't think I've ever used it except in jest. Always keep a store of one line and you never know.
1: In light of the stories and stuff you told us, would you say you had a little bit of wisdom to someone who's in a similar situation, who's kind of dated here and there for a while, but hasn't found anyone.
2: Oh dear. The thing is, when I met Nick, my partner, we met the old-fashioned way on Gaydar. And um, for a start, he asked me out, cheeky bugger, asked me out on a Monday night. Would I, shall we meet for a drink on a Monday night, for God's sake? At this point, I was 48 years old. I'm a man of habit. And Monday, cycle to work, go to the gym, go home. So I almost said no. So first sort of bit of advice is to always be prepared to change your plans. Don't get set in your ways. I didn't meet Nick until I was 48. He's (laughs) considerably younger. Sixteen years, as okay. you asked. Yes, yes. I, I didn't mean, know. not, not, not. You know, I mean, just the way you say it. You know, Oh yeah, he's just ominous. done his A levels. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, we can't wait until he goes to university. <laughs> um, no, um, the very fact that I was uh, sort of quite prepared to sort of say, you know, what it's a nice idea, but. I have plans. Hmm.
1: Uh, it counts as a plan. Even it if counts it's as just... a
2: plan, even if it's just routine, right? So I would say never say never. It's a cliche, but you really have got to be comfortable in yourself. Maybe it took nearly 50 years for me to be comfortable in myself. That's very possibly true. I got there. Like you, you, you can still have a, a lot of fun and, and, you know, have a collection of funny stories to tell. Don't... Use the nuclear option. Don't be mean to people to make yourself feel better in the immediate act of, you know, just because you're hurt. Most of the time when I've split with somebody, it's been them doing the splitting. Only once, I think, did I do the splitting. And I still sort of regret it. Not because I think we'd still be together. I don't think we would. But I think because I did it for the the wrong reasons and it was mean. It was mean spirited. It was just boredom. And keep your friends around you as well, you know. Friendship is much more important than the great dark man who may or may not
1: exist. You've been kind in all your stories. I mean, it's ended up with you picking up drunk tarts and driving them home, but...
2: Yeah, when you put it like that, you know. I've, I mean, in another hurt. life, I might have been a missionary, might not I? <laughs> working among the fallen. In fact, that's probably what I've been doing all these years that's Is it. is, it's you just... know...
1: Ministering to those, ministering, you.
2: ministering to the, to the, to the, you know, those in torment.
1: There's an old house on there with a blue plaque on it, and I can't remember the name of the woman, but it says "Friend to all in need." <laughs> and I just think, is that a euphemism? Is or... that a
2: euphemism? Yes, yeah. yes. Friend to all in need. Have some, have some self respect, though. Don't don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: yes this you know, being a friend to all in need should not be a euphemism for you know doormat yeah exactly exactly oh gosh because obviously i'm not a doormat am i you not know not this is all. the other thing and i think this You're is really sort quite of, outspoken i think this is i am quite outspoken and and maybe a little bit scary in in on first meeting a a friend said to me some years ago you know the the thing about us Michael is we take up a lot of room
1: (laughs) and I think that's a
2: nice way of putting it I think that's a very kind way of putting it you know I am very self-aware I I realize that you know I've got quite a
1: A bearing (laughs) to you yes a
2: big personality I think (laughs) is is the phrase that's most commonly used isn't it oh yes Michael he's got a big personality I just you just sort of loud and uh, like to be the center of attention I like this idea that isn't it on the regular spiel about, you know, making sure people don't feel alone. I mean, I think it's, it's especially even, I think now, in a city the size of London where there are so many more people than there used to be, but and also with technology, distancing everyone from each other, and because people lead such atomized lives, so I think it's even more possible now to feel sort of terribly alone in a big city, and, uh, you know, you, you're not Especially if they sit next to you on the bus. Especially if they sit next chat. Well, yes, exactly. Who knows where that might lead, you know. (laughs) Next time
1: That was probably true. The multi-award-winning storytelling series written and produced by me, the multi-award-winning Scott Flashheart. It was designed to remind all of my queer siblings that we are none of us alone. You can find links, transcripts of every episode and all that good stuff at probablytruepodcast.com. If you enjoyed or found value in anything you've heard today, you can support the show on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash true. And if you want to get in touch, just search Probably True Podcast on the socials.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods,